Welcome back to Gardy Lou. This week we're doing part two of Kids with Past Lives. And um, we're a little silly today. I don't know if it's the weather or what, but we've been trying to get this started and we can't stop laughing. Hi, I'm Joyce. <laughs> I'm Lillian. <laughs> this is the podcast where we tell you stuff you wish you never knew. Although I think with this one, it's stuff I kind of like to know. Yeah, I think a lot of people might. Of course, a lot of people will probably not. <laughs> They'll say, you're the devil, or I don't know what. Yeah, whatever it I don't is. know how so many of our episodes turn into something to do with religion, but it <laughs> seems like a lot of them do somehow relate to religion. Yeah. Or spiritual beliefs or something. Yeah. Yeah, the spiritual beliefs. I guess that's because we're talking about a lot of things that can't really be explained. Yeah. Maybe that's why. But can't be proved. There's just evidence. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to be scientific here. There's no proof, just evidence. But yeah, so last week we talked a little bit about kids with past lives. And um, I, I kind of thought after I listened to it, we didn't really get into the, too many details about kids with past lives we were mostly just sort of debating the whole idea I guess and talking about it yeah so this week I think we have a little bit more concrete information you know maybe some actual stories about real people and uh, I did some research on um, the research yeah (laughs) I think you know how they research it and stuff I didn't do too many in-depth I listened to a lot of of stories but I didn't I didn't write anything down, and I didn't go into too, too much in-depth with them because I was trying to do the figure out, well, how do they, you know, they can't prove it, and they can't prove there's reincarnation. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I mean, not not that I expected it to be proven, because obviously if it wasn't, be, it really... yeah, we'd all be like amazed and talking about it, but it's hard with science too sometimes because you can't um, say definitively one way or another. It's just... The evidence sides with this hypothesis or yeah I'm trying to think of, there was something you said I wanted to comment on but I can't I know. think of what it was now I had the same thing I was like I was gonna say something and then I just said something different because I couldn't remember what it was yeah I'll tell you what getting older is 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 for the birds sometimes <laughs> I can't remember anything <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, the weather, we've had rain for a couple of days, so it's been kind of cloudy and gloomy, and uh, I feel for those people living in Seattle who have to go through this <laughs> on a daily basis, but yeah. here in New Mexico, we're used to more sun, so I think that's kind of impacting our uh, our brain power. Yeah, need <laughs> yeah. the sun to feel pretty good about things. Yeah. So, do you, did you want to get started with something that you found, or? Yeah, um... I, during the research that I did, I found that there's a few people that, that really study reincarnation, and um, one of them was um, Ian Stevenson. Oh yeah, we talked about him talked a little about bit. him a little bit, and Jim Tucker. Yeah, Jim Tucker's like a big one right now. If yeah. you go to the University of Virginia's webpage, which I'll put in the show notes, I'll put the link to it because. 
you can watch all his uh, videos and they have links to research articles and stories and newspapers and magazines and everything about this. So pretty much that was my main source of <laughs> source of information. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he tried to be he tries to be um, not biased or no preconceived ideas. And he says he's never had any uh, past life memories or anything yeah. so he's not swayed one way or the other really. right and he's a you know a medical doctor I think he's a child, a child psychiatrist. psychiatrist so yeah. like he's come up in a medical model so I would assume like his research methods would be pretty solid yeah and I because I was wondering well how what how do what kind of questions did they ask these kids or what do they do and he said there's kind of a um, a list of what they things that they look for. Um, one of them is birth defects, which I talked about quite a bit last week. Uh, the fact that some kids have birth marks that coincide with if they can track down the person that they think they're reincarnated from. Yeah, they can look at their look medical at records or get information from their family. And then... He talked about experimental birthmark, which I didn't, I hadn't known about before this week. And he said that in some cultures, and where you know they really believe in reincarnation, when someone dies, they will sometimes mark the dead body with um, either like ash or like a white ash, white paste, he called it. I don't hmm. know what it could be, or a dark one, and they say a little prayer, and they, you know, they say that, you know, to have a safe journey and be reincarnated again. And and some of these kids have these same marks on their neck if they come back in a family. Oh, cause so they mark them in a specific, like each person in the same spot kind of thing? Yeah, like, like a family birthmark. <laughs> one of them, or, one of the the uh, cases he cited was that there was a, a woman that she, when before she died, she she said that she wanted to come back as a male. She didn't want to be a female anymore. She wanted to be a male. Totally get that. And she said it was because she wanted to be able to have a mistress like her husband did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my okay <laughs> but anyway she when she died I, I think it was her daughter or somebody mocked her on the back of the neck they put a cross with or a line with two or three lines through it on the back of her neck with a a paste white paste or sometimes they take the soot off the bottom of a pan or something right and mark it and then I don't know I, I didn't write down when the child was born but it was her grandson was born, and he had marks on the back of his neck. Oh, wow. And So, wait, hold on. It was the person who died's grandson or the sister's grandson? The person who died, their okay. grandson. Okay. And um, and he had the marks? He had the marks on the back of his neck, just like she did, that, that was pasted, Paste. you know, yeah. printed on her neck. I wonder if that was like a symbol of masculinity or something. Were they? I mean, were they trying to help her come back as a 
male or was it just a symbol? I think it's just so that they can recognize the person. Oh, okay. That, because they do, you know, if they if believe in reincarnation. Reincarnation, so, yeah, yeah. You might always be looking for your spouse or your daughter or son or your grandparent or somebody. And if you see somebody with that on their neck, you might think, oh, that's her or him. Yeah. Or, I guess it's like, you know, when you know someone that is close to death or something and you make a pact, like, I'm going to, when I pass away, I'm going to. Do you like show up as a yellow butterfly or something to so you know I'm okay or yeah yeah kind of the same idea. So as the child you know got a little older he he um, started talking about things that you know it showed her personality somewhat and they also said that he he really wanted to dress up in her clothes and wear her clothes and and her shoes and jewelry and things and he wanted to he showed a more feminine side um which i thought was interesting since she wanted to be a male yeah right <laughs> that is interesting but maybe she didn't think it was all it was cracked up to be i don't know yeah he didn't talk about it for too much but i thought that was in- interesting the i've read that you know, that happens a lot with um people who are come back as the opposite sex that they might they called it cross-dressing or something for a while where they want to do a lot of wearing the opposite sex's clothes or doing things that, you know, the opposite sex may have done in their culture. Like if you come back as a boy, you might, in the in your past life, you were the mom who cooked a lot and did motherly stuff, then you might be doing a lot of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which would be unusual in, in that culture, you know, which is, you know, kind of... Disappoint, disappointing I guess in a way because you want to get out of those gender gender norms where like women do this and men do that but I I can see like using they use that as kind of a measure sometimes in the past mm-hmm. they might not be well, able that's... to so much as we progress and stop worrying about gender identities as much really like that you have to do these things to be this gender well that's one of the things he said they they talk about or they study with the kids is their behavior. Like they'll bring back, if they want to be, like cooking, you know, they might really love to cook because the other, the person that in the previous life loved to cook. Yeah, I have a bunch of stories about that when when we move on to that topic because I, uh, I researched some of that, where they, what the kids do. But before you, like, go go on with this, um, I wanted to say I, I was watching... Um, Jim Tucker and like a panel interview or something and somebody had asked about the manifestation of birthmarks or birth defects and like how that he how he thought that could happen you know how how the mind could make it happen like happen when you're reincarnated Mm -hmm. and um because you know your mind is not your body in this scenario right if you accept that this is how you come back and everything um, so he was talking about how powerful your mind is, you know, when say like you're, um, being hypnotized or something, if the person hypnotizing you suggests that you're on fire or getting burned in a certain part of your body, sometimes people will actually get a mark in that spot. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of said, he thought that it was the same idea that you're that whatever something traumatizing happens and you go into this new body and then it just kind of um manifests in there because your mind is making it happen because it thinks it's still happening or whatever 
So, you know, like last week we talked about the kid with the birth defect where the gunshot went in. Or not a birth defect, a um, birthmark where the gunshot went in. And it was, so he had a small birthmark on the front and then a big hole-sized birthmark on the back that you because your brain is still kind of going through the trauma of it mm-hmm. or not your brain it's not your brain it's your mind your soul whatever you want to call it so your then conscience it, I think he calls it your, your conscience, conscience. yeah because it's not your brain doing it it's your mind and they, it's so interesting because they get into these really big discussions about how your um, brain can control your body because they say the naturalists or the you know the scientists that believe your brain controls everything that happens to you. Um, but there's always these questions that they can't answer, you know, like something like that. Like, how would your brain make that happen? If or, you're already dead. Well, yeah, especially if you're already dead, <laughs> but into your new body, into the new into body. Into the new body, yeah. Or because you don't have that same brain, right? When yeah, you die, yeah, you'd have a new brain, new brain that's growing in the womb. So I don't know, but it's really interesting. <laughs> there's there's so many aspects of it. That it's a little like overwhelming. I feel like when I start contemplating space and then you just feel really small and realize you know nothing, <laughs> you know, about anything. <laughs> okay. Then the, the, well, kind of went into the behaviors of it, but that's where the phobias, you know, because of the type of death, people have a lot of different phobias. Right. <clears throat> I there have a bunch of stuff on phobias, too. A lot of too. likes and dislikes. I'm just kind of touching on how they they try to prove it. You can go into the phobias. Oh, later? Yeah. Okay. Um, they said that sometimes they bring their addictions along with them, with like, especially like cigarettes and, and alcohol that little kids want to... to smoke cigarettes when they're two or three years old or which really doesn't make sense and really because I remember being a little kid and like if you accidentally drink alcohol or you know your uncle let you have a taste of his beer it was disgusting yeah and then cigarette smoking I would imagine would just be painful and nasty like why well Mm -hmm. I can't figure out why anybody would do it twice (laughs) as an adult but um you know it's kind of hard to believe like a three-year-old would want to be doing that. Yeah, well, you know, they. I saw a picture of a three-year-old. Uh, looked like a two- or three-year-old kid with a cigarette. And then I guess, too, though, like if the whole family smokes, that could be a different scenario. Yeah. Because then your kids do want to do what you're, you're doing or the adults or the big brother or whatever. But I would imagine the kids that are, that are being studied today, they probably don't have whole family. No, not... And- all of them anyway but just by their rigorous attempts to keep it scientific i'm assuming that they would discount that child like immediately if like the whole family smoked yeah because they say usually it has to be a behavior that's really not part of the family dynamic you know it's not something that they do yeah but i (laughs) those poor kids i have an addiction (laughs) i know like born with one um those are just some of the things, the behaviors, you know, that they they look at and to try to rule out. Because all like they they can't really prove anything. They can just get collect evidence and say, well, this is this, and you know. This. It seems like unlikely that it would accidentally all come together. You know that this person would have all these attributes, 
and the kid never met them or anything. Or, yeah, or they're so young. Yeah. They don't know all this stuff. Um, yeah, like how do they know all these things? One of the things that I saw Jim Tucker say about, I think it was there was a story about this kid named Ryan who we, we might talk about later that he had a past life, but he had said, you know, something like, why why do, would God make a 61-year-old person come back as a baby <laughs> like yeah. the frustration oh, of that like, wasn't ryan that was um marty martin oh yeah marty martin he said that well, I, thought... I think the kid's name was ryan in the oh maybe it in was his past maybe life was, was marty martin yeah yeah because i thought that was really funny and um you know telling like it would be very frustrating like if you so you have you're addicted to cigarettes you can't get any <laughs> no. right like you can't do any of these things or whatever that you want to do you can't drive your car you know what if you're like uh what's that late night talk show guy that had all the cars um jay leno yeah yeah like imagine (laughs) like he comes back and then he can't drive you know even though he probably knows how but he can't reach the pedals he's not allowed to some kids do (laughs) yeah that's true it was in the news just (laughs) not too long ago about a dog driving so wow (laughs) I know when Judy was little, she turned to me one day and she said, so when do I get to drive your car? And I was like, uh, not for a really long time. Well, she's still little, but she was really little. Yeah, well, they, these kids are, most of them, they say, there are some that are average, normal mental capacity. Intelligence and, and, and all that. Re, and, yeah. yeah, and progress, like most babies. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them are born... Where they start they're, talking they're very early. They start walking, you know, when they're a few they're motivated. Old, they're just, <laughs> they want to do things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of focus on different areas of the thing. They try to collect a lot of data. Now that they have computers really good, you know, that they can make charts and stuff where they put um, all the information in to see how many have are the same kind of stories, how the, the kids progress yeah, and they what can they get say. those data points, like, you know, are, are they all super intelligent or do they all have, you know, nightmares or how, what percentage of this and that? They, they put in, they made one with the, the people who, who have claimed to be reincarnated with, you know, and, and the, the deaths, whether it's a natural death or unnatural, whether they you know, committed suicide or they got hit by a bus or yeah, plane or murder or whatever. Right. And they said that actually, um, let me see, what is it? Like 60, they say boys talk, talk more about past lives, but then they said, well, 62% of them are male. And then they are also men are more risk takers. And it's all in that age group, the young age group. As they get older, you see more natural deaths. But when they're young, there's a lot of yeah, traumatic they, deaths. Yeah, they do things, they get in trouble. I know Jim Tucker talked about that. Um, he, somebody asked a question, but he kind of talked about how, not that we would know this, but it seemed like some people come back faster and some people come back, you know, in a longer, they stay dead longer before they're reincarnated. Yeah. And I kind of wondered about that, if it if something traumatic happens, if you come back faster. And then that's why you remember more and all that, because you just haven't had time to process everything yet. Yeah, I think that that's probably what it is. Because they say it's like 
35 months is, or 16 months to four years is the average time that, right. that they say. Which means that the, there's some... If they can find out who they were before and they yeah. know when that person died. I mean, some sure. are like much longer and some are yes, shorter. shorter. But then also, like you said, there's lots of people that probably aren't getting studied and having their data entered and all that. So. Yeah, because that's one of the things too. He's he's trying to do more in the Americas, you know, here in, in Canada or Mexico or whatever, but where people don't have that belief of reincarnation. So they're not swayed with that as if you believe that that's part of your religion, that you believe you're going to be reincarnated. You might take something your child says. and Yeah, because if you're looking for signs, you see them everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know. Or you might ask leading questions of your child. Right. Uh, like, because if you thought your child was like your parent or grandparent reincarnated, you might try saying things to see if it jogs a memory or something, and then it could become a memory. Yeah. Because I know just myself, like, I've heard stories so many times from relatives that I felt like in my memory I was there, but I was <laughs> there's no way I yeah, was there. Yeah, you weren't there. <laughs> yeah, but you've heard it so much that it seems real. And then here we have, you know, most of our culture is not based on, on real, you know, on reincarnation in our religion. Yeah, religion. Most of Christian us. I mean, religion we do isn't. Have, Although I read like a good percentage of Christians do believe in reincarnation. They're starting to, and we yeah. have more information. Yeah, I just think like it's easy to sort of paint a broad brush over a religion, but inside every religion there's going to be a big continuum of beliefs you know even if they might not say it out loud but you know they believe just like the catholic religion you know you know a lot of the people are using birth control <laughs> yeah. right, you know um so i just kind of think we don't always know what people really believe no that's true we don't we don't talk about it yeah and that's a lot of it. They say that the, the parents will believe, but they don't talk about it. Yeah, they don't want they don't to have tell it. people. At, they're not going to go to church and say, hey, my kid's reincarnated if they're, yeah. you know, the belief system is going to frown on that. Yeah. Or people, the kids, too, a lot of the kids that have these dreams, I, I want to say they're reincarnated, but. That's I know not, we're still trying no to hedge to like, that, but that think they're reincarnated, right? <laughs> yeah, that they um they get ostracized. Yeah, by well, their, you talk you about know. it at school. Everyone just thinks you're weird. Yeah, they think they're crazy and yeah, you know, creepy and. That's it. I wondered about some of the kids on the shows because they're they're the actual kid and they're on TV and you know their peers are gonna see it, and I kind of wonder how that goes plays yeah. out if it's hard for them. Yeah. Because just being on TV, doing anything, you can get picked on, like if you're an actor, but... Of course, going on TV and talking about it might give them celebrity status. Yeah, it could go either way. Then they don't think it's so creepier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and maybe those kids get to meet each other and have, you know, some companionship in the whole thing, you know, other kids that have been through it. So... And Jim Tucker said that he 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 doesn't investigate every single person that that says that they have a past life. He says he starts to, and then if it doesn't look like it's going to pan out, they they don't always keep going. 
Right. Because it would be useless. Many. Yeah. And plus, you know, if the, if the child just knows a little bit, they remember a little bit, they're not going to go. If they remember a name or um, like some of them, like they're in the war. They, yeah. They, know, they have a place to start. And they um, will get pictures. And one of the tests he does is he'll take maybe a picture of the house where the the town where the person said that they came from and and um i guess what happened with one of them the, the mother had investigated the kid said his name what his name was and it was an uncommon name so but she, they never said what the name was they didn't want yeah want it out there but and she sit, looked up from this the name that this person had died in the in in the a war and she saw that he did die she found someone with that same name and then she she re- reported it to Jim Tucker and his institute and and he went and interviewed them and then he got a little more information you know about maybe where the town was and stuff and he started researching and he took pictures of like the school the high school he took pictures of the high school he took pictures of um, his house, the man's house that died, and the house across the street. And the little boy couldn't. He picked out the. He picked out um, out of six, eight pictures he brought. Six of them he picked accurately. Two of them he didn't know. Yeah. Like his own house, he didn't know. And Jim Tucker said, "Well, maybe the house had changed." Yeah, because, I was gonna say like even the school could look different from. A certain time period, or but it, have trees, or be yeah. I thought it was interesting the house across the street he picked out immediately, but you know, actually that's what you would see more if you come out right. of your house. You see that house every day. You look out the window, you see that house. No, you, you don't see your. It's like your own reflection. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't see that you all don't the notice time. It yeah, or, you know, you may notice. Oh, there's toys in their yard where your toys. You walk right past. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, he showed them pictures from a yearbook and he picked out names of people I probably blocked out their names and then he said well this is Judy and that's Frank or whatever so he didn't he knew a lot about the the school book the yearbook um you know there was just it's not proof but it's a lot of evidence it's just a lot of coincidence like an overwhelming amount which yeah. I'm kind of curious about statistically, you know, what is the likelihood of someone picking out the right picture or with, the, you know, because if you give someone six pictures that, you know, if they just guessing they're going to be right at least some percentage some of, of the, the time, time. right? Yeah. So, but. But then why would he say, oh, I don't, that doesn't look familiar at all. Yeah. I mean, but to get that many correct too is kind of baffling. Well, yeah, six out of the six ones yeah. he picked were right. Right. Yeah. So, so there are you know scientific ways that they try to to test these kids and talk to them and and find out a little more information to back it up. But and then like the memories too, you know, just in alive when you're alive in your life or whatever your memories get altered and changed over time so I imagine after dying and (laughs) coming back and then you know some of that stuff might be kind of hard to grasp like you it's probably you know when you have like that word on the tip of your tongue or the you know and it's it's sort of there but you can't really quite grab it and 
and most of the memories are not too far in the past of the past life. Right. It's more at the end of their life. End of their lives. Yeah, which yeah. makes sense too, because that's what you just experienced most recently. And or... especially if it was traumatic, you might remember a lot more yeah. right there. But I just, it makes me want to know more. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's been interesting just researching it. And then also going down other rabbit holes like near-death experiences and um, end-of-life experiences. All of that I'm just like obsessed with now. <laughs> just keep reading more about it. You know, I go through spurts where I've done been interested in this topic off and on, you know, for a short time. But um, it's interesting, I guess, because it's it's an actual like college respected department in a university mm-hmm. that's studying it and it feels like it has more weight now than just, you know, random stories that you might have seen collected in the past or read about. Yeah, it really does. And then to see them all in one place, you know, like story after story after story, and, you know, it's kind of hard. It's just I can't really deny something's something's happening. And different (laughs) stories. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like... Or different experiences, too. Like, not everybody has the same experience. No. And like the kids, too, they don't all remember the same things. And some of them remember, you know, the in-between time where they sat and talked with God or other people said that they just kind of hung around where they had died for a while and then they were back in another, you know, body. Yeah. So it's interesting, too, that there's so many different things that could happen and you don't really know why one person has this experience and one has another and I think part of that too is just the age of the child that's describing it because even though they they're reincarnated and they have a lot more like they develop earlier they you know talk earlier they still don't always have a grasp of of descriptions and how to yeah and like certain words Dr. Tucker was saying how you have this experience that is otherworldly basically and then you have to try to force it into um a lang the language and yes. experience of <laughs> being on earth or whatever whatever you want to call it so that people can understand it because they see they were saying to like um i can't remember their names there was one on the um the near-death, I think, experience where they were talking about it, you know, that people can't always verbalize what, what they saw, and they say, well, I can't, I don't think I can explain it in a way that would make any sense, because it's not, you know, you're trying to describe something that's not... That you've never been through. <laughs> yeah, that there's no words for. And I had a, a few um, people that I kind of touched on a little bit, uh, I didn't have a whole lot that I, I didn't get to the research part of it. I have plenty of that, so. Well, maybe I'll let you take over that because I, some of these I know you've done because you've talked to me about them, like Marty Martin and... Um, oh, like the stories? The stories. Well, and there was one that I, I didn't get to read the whole thing. It was kind of interesting because something happened... It was a miscarriage, and that child came back. But when it came, said when he came back to another womb, it was his cousins or something. Oh, that's wild! <laughs> and he and there was another somebody in there. <laughs> he's 
said there was somebody in there. Oh. His cousin was in there. It was, it was his aunt. He came back in his aunt's body, but the, his cousin was in there. And I didn't get to read further. And like, I did, were they twins or what? I, I what think happened. they probably did come out as twins. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but I but think that, that was makes funny. Sense. Yeah. Because I wonder, like, do you get to choose where you come back or do you just, you know, there's an opening and you're just sucked into it or, you know, I wonder how that works too. Because that story last week that you talked about where the kid came back and identified it, identified the neighbor who had murdered him and where he buried him, I was like, that kid definitely must have picked where he was coming back and was just waiting until he could point the finger. They say most people come back right you know, they may not come back to the same family, but they came back in the within you know a hundred. Or that the ones that they've studied, because they don't know. That's true. Come back within a hundred miles of their. Yeah, and I find home. that odd too. Like that, you wouldn't, you know, travel. <laughs> I mean, because from my point of view, I would want to try being somebody completely different than I already am, or you know. But maybe it's a more totally comforting. different culture, yeah. You know, or maybe it's come back and, maybe there's just some weird laws of the universe that yeah. you can only go, move so far. I don't know. Well, you did would it be? say some people were across country, like the United States. He's found some that came back, and you know we're a pretty big country. That's a big, you know, lot yeah, it's a big so, space. Yeah. So you don't, you know, I I think, yeah, and it's not like you always come back to your same genetic line. So because I, you know, you think well, you're tied to your genetic makeup or your his you know your ancestry or something because you could see that you wouldn't be too far maybe although now we travel all globally mm-hmm. so like move <laughs> and maybe it's just where you die you come back closer to that like who knows yeah it's just one of those questions I can't answer but I ponder yeah well there's there's not answers out there but there's lots of theories as to how, yeah, that how happens. it happens um I saw a couple of things on, on like, uh, there's a little girl that says she's a reincarnation of Anne Frank. Oh, wow. And she has the same kind of personality, a bubbly personality, from what people are saying. Her, um, she has the same, let's see, maybe, oh, I think her name is Barbara Carlin, but I'm not sure. But her, you know, she has the same facial features as Anne Frank. She's become a, a writer, um, a very good writer. I mean, it's just different, some different things. Now, whether that's that's because there's so much been publicized about Anne Frank. Right. But the stuff that she came out with was before all the information was out in the world, before the books right. were written. And there's still going to be things like only your family would know. Yeah. You know, because not everything is in the books. And Yeah. Well, they say that that's a lot of the stuff. The little details are the things that really... Yeah, clinch it. Clinch it for people, yeah. You know, the everyday life things. You know, that one of them was, you know, like their mom made them or the mother made them... Somebody made them milkshakes and then... And he said, yeah, and he did it in a food processor. And it's like, oh. <laughs> Usually you don't use a food processor to yeah, make milkshake. Right. But she did. That's what she did. She made yeah, it in a food and processor. he remembered it. He remembered that part, yeah. Yeah. I was, um, something I listened to or read where um, they talked about the 
when you come back, some of the kids do bring the skills that they had in the past life mm-hmm. or passions or whatever. And um, so that's not totally unheard of. And um, uh, Dr. Tucker had talked about a kid that he, when he came back, he was claimed to be reincarnated um, a golf player, like this pretty famous golf player i can't remember i don't know anything about golf or the names or anything so like i'm sorry but (laughs) but anyway he he claimed that that was who he was in a past life and then he was literally like a golf prodigy like he was winning tournaments at age three or something ridiculous yeah and he you know he was amazing at golf and and so then i kind of wondered well does that explain a little bit about you know how kids become prodigies like they're born with this They've already practiced their previous life or, you know, gotten these skills. skills. Yeah, and now they're kind of getting like a leg up, (laughs) you know, in that area. Yeah, well, it kind of makes sense, really. Yeah, I mean, you would... Because he was saying, like, there's a lot of people who come back and they don't remember any of that, really. Like, they don't, you know, they just have their new life or whatever. So it's like, I don't know why some kids would you know, have carry that passion with them, but it must have been something they really, really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to know. <laughs> no, I was like thinking about myself, who's like jack of all trades, master of none kind of person. I can do a little bit of everything, but I'm not genius level <laughs> or, you know, at anything. Yeah. And I kind of wonder about, you know, because there's kids that they're just pretty amazing at something right away like They're without very focused yeah, on it without even trying it seems like effortlessly you know amazing at whatever it is that they're doing but and where yeah. does that come from yeah I don't know I saw one on a little boy that played the piano and he was like two I think when he just yeah just sits down sit and there, starts plays playing some, amazing Mozart songs. or yeah. something yes right and then you know, when he's four or five, six years old, he starts composing. Right songs. at four or five, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So, how, how does that happen? Well, so he showed him playing with all these uh, older people, you know, and he's telling them what to do. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but, "Oh, this would improve your playing." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's, you know, the kids that draw, you know, another yeah, one she just just born like they've been drawing for decades oh, and decades yeah. yeah and they do it the first time they pick up a piece of chalk or yep or a crayon or something they start drawing these beautiful pictures out of nowhere yeah it's kind of interesting it is it is and i just want to know how it works I, I mean mine is just like occupied with that like how does do you pick what you come back with do you, did i decide before i came back that i was just gonna not I was going to be mediocre at things, <laughs> like or you know, <laughs> it almost sounded like it when they talk about the the meeting with God to decide what they're going to do when they go back. You know, or they they the one that said that there were angels that had bright rainbow wings or something. I can't remember what the wings were. Maybe they were bright white. I can't remember, but I thought yeah. they were rainbow colored with bright white wings, like light or. I mean, they they say that there's something before they come back, some kind of a, of yeah. a decision-making but process. But then some people don't have that memory. They just yeah. came back. So it's like, I don't know. It's interesting. 
Yeah, they don't all have that memory. There's a percentage because he made that chart. Yeah, he made a chart with chart all, with all that. Yeah, to see who, what you know, what pe- were similar that similarities. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know, but I like the idea of being able to come back and then uh, in that panel discussion. I think it was the one with John Cleese, which is he's always funny. Um, he's kind of taken up their cause, does a lot of interviews with them with the group, you know that the professors or whatever or researchers. But um, he was the guy in the audience said, you know what? What's the point of living, basically? Or you know, why do we keep coming back? Kind of thing. And he wondered if it was sort of like we had talked about to level up, where you can you know, you come back and you get, you build on your, what you've learned or whatever. And then Dr. Tucker was kind of like, well, you know, it would make sense, but it might not, it might not be that because some of the people come back and they don't, he's like, they're not more enlightened or spiritual necessarily than other people, you know, that they don't necessarily become better people (laughs) every time they come back kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Because, you know, that's what you imagine, that you'd come back to improve yourself. But well, if you don't bring all of it with you, you you know, Dr. Tucker's like, there may be somewhere in there that you remember these things, but you're not able to access it, you know, you know all your memories. But there's an essence there that you're trying to improve upon. And then someone else had said, well, maybe you come back to... I thought this was really cool. He said to have better empathy because he said he imagined when you died for everyone to be able to get along in wherever you go and you die you'd all everyone would have to have you know 100 percent empathy for each other yeah and he said the only way you could achieve that would be if you experienced every possible thing that you could that could happen so you'd have to be on you know the murderer and the murdered and the the one that had too much food and the one that didn't have enough food, you know, all that, the, you'd have to experience everything (laughs) in order to get along with everybody. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting idea too. Yeah. Well, they said that they, you know, they might have unfinished business or they might have, um, they do want to learn something. Like, one of them was, like, he wanted to not be materialistic in this life because he was so materialistic in his last life. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, See what it's like to be the other type of person. Yeah, you know. And then, then they pick their parents that they think will best serve their needs, but that doesn't mean that the parents are going to best serve their needs. See, that's where, like, there's an element of chaos in all of this, I think, that... You know, it just seems that way to me from the evidence that I've read, you know, that there may be a little bit that you have some control over, but a lot of it just seems like a chaotic, which makes sense. The universe is chaotic. Well, isn't there one, there was one child that said, yeah, you know, I, I wanted to stay up there in heaven and God pushed me down. <laughs> pushed him down. The, he's <laughs> like, Slide. you got more to learn, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't know. You don't know. You know, is it God or is it what? Is it their own consciousness that, you know, makes them decide that, but they have to put it in terms that we can understand? understand. Yeah. You know, we we don't know. We won't. Or just like you can't, 
you might choose these things, but you or you think you're choosing something, but like you said, you don't. You know, you can't control everything. That you don't. The other people may behave differently than you anticipated, or you know. And I guess too, part of it is you know, I don't want to believe that people choose to be abused, or you know, I want to come back and be that poor little kid that the parents like duct taped in a closet and and they died. Yeah. You know who, you know. I just can't really believe you don't anybody really have would control that. Yeah. Once you're back, I don't think. That's why I feel like there's an element of chaos. Well, and he also talked about um, predestination and, and things like that because he was talking about how his book got published and how it got set up, but it just so happened, you know, this person was in the right place and that person was oh, in the yeah. right place. And it just fell into place and it got published and he said, but maybe it's not pre, you know, it's not des- destiny that does it because, you know, it might be set up to go that way, but we choose to do something else. <laughs> yeah, like you could fight your own, you could be fighting your own destiny if you want to call yeah. it that or, you know, I just feel like there's a bit of luck and chaos in the universe that well, yeah, sort of like a... We're going to throw in all these pieces, but then we're just going to shake it all up and then see what happens. <laughs> wow. And, and the, the thing that you manifest it because you think it's going to happen, like you want it to happen and then it happens. So, But there's also other things going on. It's not. Yeah, I think there's more to it. Because like I see people that, are trying to manifest and it never happens and it's not like they didn't do everything right or try hard or you know whatever but something may have happened before they even knew they were going to do that that's yeah you can't or just the things kind of lining up in the right yeah the right way too it's I don't know it feels like magic but it could be but it could also just be you know things just kind of shook out that way and if it's if it's lined up like maybe it is lined up that you're supposed to have that but you've got a different personality or you've got a different yeah because you're a different person (laughs) you were the old person or whoever you are when you have all your memories from all your past lives but then you're born into this new experience and yeah you know you might not want to be a prodigy piano player really (laughs) yeah and that (laughs) may be what you wanted to be but maybe when you you know you uh, come back and then you slam the keyboard down, you know, the thing Smash on your, your finger, finger and you decide, I'm not doing this not anymore. Touching this, yeah. yeah. And then you're, I guess that would be the whole free will idea, right? That we yeah. have free will. Yeah. But, but. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> it, you could just go around in circles for yes. days on this yes. stuff, like trying to make sense out of it. So you want to, you want to come up with some. Are we still talking about the stories? Because we can talk about that um, that boy Ryan that, you know, he was born and then he was just obsessed with old Hollywood. Uh, The one that couldn't (laughs) understand why God would put a 61-year-old into a baby's (laughs) baby's body. body, Yeah. And he's been, there's a show, what was that show called? Something When You Die or no? Um I can't think of it. The one that was on Prime that we watched. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you want the name of the show? Yeah, because I think he's on that show. 
Yeah, it's um. Oh, where is it? I have it written down. I know. I somewhere. tried to write all these down. Uh, surviving death. Surviving death. Yeah, there's an episode that he's on. If you guys want to check it out, it's on Amazon Prime, and I think they're actually on YouTube too, right? Didn't you see some on YouTube? I saw some of Jim Tucker's talking about things. Yeah. He mentioned that. Surviving but I feel like death. those episodes, some of those episodes, they're probably pretty old <laughs> on YouTube now. Because I know I watched some on YouTube. But the um, Netflix one, he referenced that. I don't know if it's still on there. Is it still on there? Oh, wait. Netflix might be a different show. It was Surviving death. death. Well, there's a bunch of them that, I mean, there's Weird World, mm-hmm. At the End of the Tunnel. Um I don't know if that's the one I'm talking about. These but are different ones that I he he is on that surviving the death. Ryan is yeah okay yeah. Um. So anyway, this kid just you know he's obsessed with old Hollywood and um, he kept telling his parents that he was, you know, a movie star and all that he, and he wanted to go home. He, he wanted, wanted to go, go home because yeah. he probably had a really nice home. I bet. <laughs> Because he was also an agent. I think he started off as an actor and then became an agent. Yeah. And he was not a famous actor. He was like a, um extra and stuff in the movies and everything. And the mom happened to find a book, I think, at the library that had pictures of some old Hollywood actors. And they were looking through it. And he saw his I friend. I think it was a, a Mae West movie, I think he said. Oh, yeah, it probably yeah. was. So it was pretty old. And he saw his, he said, there's my friend John. Was it John? I think it was John. It was uh, a, he was a famous name. actor, this guy. So his mom's like, yeah, well, you know, could, I guess, you know, he could have noticed him in a movie and, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then he likely, pointed <laughs> to this other picture and he said, and that's me. And it was just like, a, I think he was a dancer. So yeah, was, the, 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 the friend was in the middle of the picture and he was way on the end. Yeah. And he was just like a nobody really yeah. <laughs> like just a guy that danced in the movies and had these little parts or whatever. And, um, so I think that's when she contacted Jim Tucker and then they went and found who he was yeah they had that picture i think they went in the archives of the hollywood archives or movie yeah. industry archives and started searching yeah and they found out and then he had um i want to say like 50 of his statements turned out to be accurate yeah. yeah yeah about his life you know like he had things like i gave my daughter a dog and she didn't like it for her birthday like just weird things stuff. that no yeah. one else would know <laughs> except his he and his daughter yeah, and um, and it ended up they actually ended up meeting the family, yeah. the daughter. I think he had a sister or something. She might have been his sister, but she was really old, <laughs> you know. Oh, I didn't hear that part. But and um, there was someone else there too. I can't remember that that they met up with. But um, at that time, the boy was like Ryan was like a teenager, and he had kind of just I think felt really uncomfortable you could tell just watching the video he was really uncomfortable and his mom later did say that he had said something about that the vibe was different it didn't feel like his sister or whatever anymore yeah and um and she had told him well you know people change when they age and and things like that but um yeah so he couldn't they tried to ask him some other questions that he couldn't really answer but they had all these statements from when he was little because the mom had recorded them all Mm -hmm. and Jim Tucker had gone over them with the family and 
um, 50 of them had turned out to be accurate. I wish I knew which ones they were. I didn't write that down. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone's interested, they can go back and they can look look at it. I think it's still on. I think I saw it, this, the surviving death. There's different things on that show, too. It's not just, I think I saw part of yeah, one that, that was like all... near-death experiences Yeah, it wasn't stuff. all um, kids with past lives. No. But there was another show on Amazon Prime, which I cannot think of the name of. I probably wrote it down. Let me see if it's in my notebook real quick. But that one was just all the stories, and I think they had him on there, too. And they had other kids, but I didn't like that one. As much because it was kind of like re seemed like reenactments, you know, and it oh. just sort of pushed put me off a little bit. Yeah, I'm I I, I liked the things I saw with with Jim Tucker because it sounded more it was more scientific and documentary like. Yes, yeah. whereas some of those other ones they've got all that music. It's and, like dun dun dun. Yeah, and yeah, then, and I just get it's like that, is this real or is this somebody making this up? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the voiceover that's like, and then Ryan, blah blah blah, like yeah, <laughs> like oh brother, yeah, yeah, I, I did not care for that one too much. Yeah, so and then that story was like a really big one, and then Jim Tucker talked a lot about um, the kid that was shot down in World War. Is that James the one? James the third? I think it was. Yeah. yeah, we talked a little bit about him, I think, in the last episode. Not, I yeah, not, not too, too much, much but, but I read about him. I don't remember all the things except that he was he, he would draw a lot of pictures of planes and he always put James with the number three after and they thought it was because he was three years old, but when he became four, he, he still, still put three. Yeah. And it's because he was James the third. <laughs> and then I think like he kept drawing swastikas, so they thought maybe he was a, a Nazi, but I think he was actually a Japanese um He got shot pilot. down in or he got in shot Emo Jima. Yeah. That's where he got shot down. Or maybe it was I know, I get that part mixed up every time. I can't remember because I know I think I got it mixed up last time, but yeah. if he was American but or Japanese or he just got shot down in Japan. He might have got shot down in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. He got shot down there and, and he was twenty one years old when he got shot down and he also named he said that his friend you know, somebody else I forget what they're Larson Yeah or his, something was in the plane next to him, but he survived. Yeah, and then I think they found him too and and and, and talked he to him. said he kind of believed it because he knew some he knew something that no one else knew and I can't remember what it was, but yeah. it was like a something about him that no one else would have would have known like a you know a little story or something the 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 plane cruise was it cruiser cruiser now what was the name of the plane i can't remember what it was but the dad he was like no they didn't have planes then and the kids his son just looked at him and said yes they did <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, well, yes they did sorry dad you're a moron <laughs> you're <wrong. laughs> yeah and he's only a little kid you know it's just yeah. so unsettling when your kid's like so sure yeah yeah about something like that yeah yeah well, that's what they say too. They're they're very intense and very sure of what they remember when they do it. But yeah. they may not talk about it too much. They say the best time is to like you know, if it's quiet or whatever, and they might come out with a something. They might say, yeah, and that's when I died. But I don't want to talk about it and then leave the room or. Yeah, they don't um, really want to. They just have to get that out. Sometimes in a in a car when you're driving somewhere, they might say something or. 
One of the things I just remembered with Ryan, who was the movie star. You know his name. You said his name earlier. Marty Martin. Oh, yeah. Marty Martin. Such a great Hollywood Hollywood name. name. Yeah. (laughs) So he said he died when he was 61 or something. And then when Mm -hmm. um, Jim Tucker looked it up, the death certificate said 59. And so he was like, oh, that's not quite right. And um, he talked to the family and it turned out that he really was 61 but like they messed something up in the documentation because they looked at like birth cert- his birth certificate and a few other things the that, autopsy report said 59 yeah that his had birth his certificate yeah so he really was 61 and another one that i remembered was he um oh sorry i said that backwards yeah oh yeah Another one I remembered was he said that he lived on a road that had something to do with rock, rock something, something rocks. And then they found out like it was Rocksville Drive or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's too many, it's too many coincidences for a little kid. Yeah. To just randomly know. And then to point him, pick him out of a, you know, the pictures. Yeah. The pictures. Yeah. I know. You know, and you think about it. These kids know these things. They remember these little bits and things that if you, if I, I can't, I just read a lot of this and I just looked at it on TV and I don't remember their names and things. No, like I I know. And I've read it more than once. (laughs) Of course, we're older too, but. (laughs) If it's, if it's fake, how can they. Yeah. And they're so adamant and sure of it. Yeah. It's just a, you know, three or four year old kid. They, I don't know. I believe it I <laughs> yeah it's weird okay go ahead do your next one all right so while we're talking about stories I'm gonna um talk about how kids play these kids who have been reincarnated there was a lot of information about that that um Ian Stevenson had collected over the years where they they had two di- two or three different types of play that they would see like one was the kids would um pursue like a profession or something so like if you were a baker in your past life then you just wanted to play bakery all the time that's all you would want to do yeah or another one was if you died violently you might reenact that violent death like over and over and over again yeah um i remember he said one about where the child would constantly go you know be flying his airplane and he'd ram it down into the coffee table you said there were just so many marks on that coffee table where <laughs> yeah, the he had parents were like it's ruining our coffee table yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that might have been the kid that we were just talking about the james the third yeah i don't know what his last name was i don't i didn't write that down i yeah. thought i could look him up i don't think they said it i thought i could look him up under just james the third so the reenacting their vocation, I guess, is the most common thing because not everybody has a traumatic death. But they said, too, that the kids often displayed kind of uh, PTSD-like symptoms from the violent deaths where mm-hmm. they're just, like, re- reliving it, kind of like what happens to people who have PTSD. They just, you know, like in war or whatever, they keep, it keeps coming up in their mind. One little girl, she... Um they figured out that she had drowned in a previous life, but when she was an infant, they couldn't, they had, it said it would take three people to give her a bath. Yeah, they couldn't get them in the water. That goes with the whole phobia thing too, which I have some stuff on, but I'm just trying to sort this so I make sure I have everything in one spot so I don't have to come back in a minute. I might have to, but so 
I collected this, I got this research paper from Ian Stevenson. It's in the Journal of Scientific Exploration from 2000, volume 14, number four, page 557 to 570, in case anybody <laughs> wants to look that up, make sure we give credit where credit's due. But, um, so there is this, there's these, there's these stories, I'm getting away from the microphone, sorry about that. And one of them I thought was interesting was this kid that was born into a family um, where the dad was an unskilled laborer, and I guess this one was in Turkey somewhere. But he remembered being a nightclub owner, and so he would reenact <laughs> being a nightclub owner, and he would set up boxes to make a bar and have bottles on them, and like he would let the girls in the neighborhood come and play, and they'd assign them roles and everything. And one of the weird things was like the he claimed he had two wives when he was a nightclub owner, and so he would have two chairs for the wives that his wives could sit at. Um, and at the time, polygamy was illegal in Turkey, but back, I guess, when he had lived before, it wasn't, you know, it was still practiced pretty much, so I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And let's see, there was a kid who was a son of a small farmer in India, and as a child, he remembered being the operator of a flour mill. And so when he was two, he was playing with sand, and he erected something that looked like a flour mill, but he used the sand, and then he would keep telling his grandmother to bring some grain for grinding. (laughs) And so, like, I guess, like, the key to these stories, too, is that it's usually something that the family has no experience with, so it's not like, you know, his father does it, so then he's going to do it, too. he's copying his dad. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Let me see. There's like a couple here. I don't want to read all of them, but um, I thought this one was kind of funny too. There was a kid who, um, he was the son of a technician at a radio station in Lebanon. And as a child, he remembered being an auto mechanic in in his previous life. And so when he was two and a half, he began talking about names and things that his parents didn't recognize and then he started um constantly like climbing under the furniture and taking the screws out of everything because he was doing his mechanic work (laughs) and his family was getting stressed out because they thought he was going to ruin all the furniture (laughs) and they were like um they would tell him to stop and then he'd reply kind of grumpy like i'm working you know like leave me alone i'm working here um they didn't really understand what was happening until he started talking about having a past life and then it kind of all made sense why he was always doing these things (laughs) (laughs) so let's see oh yeah this one I thought was really interesting it's probably my favorite one on here but there was um, a child born another one born in India and most of these are from Asian countries because they have they, you know, reincarnations talked about more, so it's accepted. Yeah, it's accepted. So he, um, he had diminished pigmentation of the skin and hair to the extent that he should be considered an albino. So he was born like because he's in India, everyone's got darker skin, but he didn't. And then as a young child, 
He would say that he was a soldier named Arthur and had been killed in the German War, which was World War One. So he was like an American. And um, so from the age of three, he played at being a soldier and he would give military commands such as left, right and march which is not something they do in India, <laughs> right? So, And they were in English. He would use English words. Um, and he would pretend that a stick was a rifle, and he kept asking his parents for a gun. His father was a scrivener, which I'm not sure what that is. Do you know? I think that, isn't it like they write? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, like a scribe. Yeah. Um, and they didn't really know anybody or, like, hang out with any soldiers or anything like that. And um, the British Army had a cantonment, which I think is like a camp, in Barely for many years. And soldiers soldiers stationed there had fought and been killed in Europe during World War One. And so they think, oh, they thought he was British, not American. So they they think he was his life was a he was a professional officer in the British Army that probably died died there. Yeah. And then That's was why he wasn't too far from where he... Yeah, the parents didn't speak English, so it was bizarre that he would just have these English words. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that where they some of the kids speak in different accents. and. <laughs> yeah, like, and they have it down like really good. Oh, another thing that they do is in the play area is um, they might name their dolls or whatever after their previous names. Like what it you know whatever their name was in their past life, um, I thought this one was cool. There was a there was a boy um, in Syria who remembered the life of a relative, and the guy's name was Said S A I D, and he knew the name of the of Said's seven children, and those were almost the first words that he spoke. Like when he could learn to talk, he said the seven names of his previous children. Wow. And um, he, when he was really little, he found five eggplants and two potatoes, and he gave those, the vegetables, the seven names of his children. And um, the potatoes were his daughters, and the eggplants were his son. And he'd sons, and he'd get really upset if anybody touched them or tried to take them away. Kind of sad. Yeah. So he took his his role of taking care of them. Really seriously. Really seriously, yeah. And I was like, what a nice daddy was to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they talk about, like, just kids naming their dolls after their previous names or, you know, whatever they're playing with. Um, yeah. Okay. Some of these stories are, like, I don't think they're that interesting. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like, yeah, they named renamed something. Um Oh, and here's one, like, on the prodigy part. Um, there was a kid. Let's see, what was the kid's name? Oh, I'm on the wrong page. Okay. Um, there was a male child in Burma who remembered the life of the abbot of a Buddhist monastery. And the abbot was fond of theatricals, and he wrote and produced plays. So... This kid thought, you know, he was that guy in the past life. And then he went on to organize a dancing troupe and taught his students to sing, dance, and play musical instruments. 
And he also became an accomplished player of the flute and xylophone. And then this, so this kid, when he was born, or not when he was born, but when he got old enough to play, he would just reenact all of this. And he would, um, he would play with dolls and set up miniature toy stages and just constantly be doing theater stuff. Well, it's like kind of interesting how that works out. Um, yeah. So I think that's about it for those, the different types of playing and stuff. Some examples that, that you might see if you have a child that's doing some of this stuff, (laughs) that might be why. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? The different types of play or a reenactment. Oh, so another thing that happens too is like if the people die suddenly or whatever and have to leave their kids behind, like a lot of times when they're reincarnated, when they're kids, they'll play at parenting a lot, like obsessively, I guess, because they want to continue the bond or caretaking role. They're still worried about their kids. Um, can see that when if someone is leaving behind young children that you know they would be worried about them I think yeah yeah I I mean that makes sense kind of like the kid with the fruit the um, eggplant and the potato yeah um the reenactment by a child of the death in a previous life may express memories of a traumatic event that are forceful enough to manifest not only in an inward experience, inwardly experienced images, but in the physical activity that we call play. So I think they're kind of just suggesting that it, you know, it's kind of like PTSD, like they don't, they can't really control the involuntary memories are just like coming up and coming up and then they have to do something with it. And especially like little kids you know, they haven't necessarily had anything traumatic happen, so the parents aren't thinking this kid needs therapy, right? So, but then they're acting almost as if they, or as if they really need help because they can't move past whatever happened to them. Yeah, it was too traumatic. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of sad too. Um, And they've said sometimes when they, if they do find out, once they find out, you know who the person was or maybe they they visit that site where the person died or yeah it gives that, them closure to yeah it. and then they can they start to forget yeah it, i know yeah. like with ryan the and marty martin there he after he met the sister or whoever she was whoops he um they said that he came home and kind of just like got rid of a lot of his old hollywood posters and things that he had in his room and was kind of ready to just move on with his life life. yeah Yeah. they said that a few times like i just want to live this life um let's see one of the other things that i looked into is what kind of testing they might do with these kids to kind of make sure that they're not delusional (laughs) i guess or you know that it's it's someone else's influence is a lot of it that the or they're just making it up because sometimes he said that if you question your child too much you have to be careful because you don't want to lead them on to 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 where they are making things up right or or upset them because it can be upsetting yeah they have to do it at their own pace 
Right. That's probably hard for people, too, to just leave it alone. Yeah. But this is more about, like, to make sure they don't have any psychopathology. Like, you know, do these kids have schizophrenia or, you know, I mean, they don't usually diagnose schizophrenia until you're an adult. But something along those lines where you're hallucinating or, you know, having these things that are happening or whatever. And um, so they... They took a big group of kids and they tested them and they they test for um, they test for like behavioral adaptive behavioral they use an adaptive behavioral scale which kind of measures like you know are they behaving normally and put that in quotes you know like most kids you know are they super unusual or are they pretty just average you know how kids behave. Um, the, they do a disassociative checklist, um, which kind of measures things on a scale from daydreaming to more pathological ones, which I would imagine would be like hallucinating or seeing things that aren't there or something. Disassociation usually means like an out-of-body experience where you're not really like in your body. So that kind of they kind of measure that that kind of stuff. Like they to see how many of them would say that they had that kind of a. I think it's more like it would probably have questions. I don't know exactly. I haven't seen the scale, but ask specific questions, and then depending on how you answer those questions, you'd get like a score, a certain score, and then they add that up. And if your score is in a certain range, you've got a problem. <laughs> and if it's in another range, you don't, kind of thing. Oh, to see if it's something mentally yeah like there's something mental health wise wrong with these with the kids or they're you know struggling with bipolar disorder or you know some something along those lines um and they also like interview the family and they do like an iq test to test their intelligence and stuff like that which i thought was kind of interesting and they um they did find that most of the kids were highly intelligent but not all of them yeah and um yeah i think we talked about that a little bit and then also like most of the kids are just normal kids like they score normal in the normal range for everything they're not i think out of the kids they tested there was just a couple that scored a little bit higher in some areas um but they said overall like most kids they're not having delusions or hallucinations or you know anything else going on that could explain their experience so that's just like another little scientific bench post i guess that they can cross off like it's not well they want they want to make sure it's not something that's um can be explained explained yeah anything that can be explained like if somebody's having some of these you know acting out traumatic things if they were abused or right and that's another thing like if you have a kid in this life yeah who's exhibiting like ptsd symptoms you're gonna think well what happened and then how do you know something didn't happen just because the parents say it didn't happen just yeah yeah although like the fact that the ptsd is around like going down in a fighter plane (laughs) in world war one is a little odd you know yeah but um well, and you wouldn't think if somebody is abusing their child that they're going to call the authorities and say, look, my kid's having these these hallucinations. Or, But then I don't know if I would, like, 
if my kids were having stuff like that, I might not call just because I would assume they would think I was abusing them or something. Yeah. I mean, I could see that too. Like people being over, like cautious Overly about telling paranoid. too many people. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's paranoid. I mean, yeah, you could lose your kids, like, you know, and yet nothing's happened. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, then we talked about phobias, which I found some interesting stuff about. Um, so we're all kind of born with these different fears that you know we don't really know how we get them and animals have it too like one of the examples was a cliff like babies are afraid of a cliff and I think you've probably seen pictures or stuff online or you know documentaries or something where they show like they paint the floor to look like it drops off and then the babies won't cross like a certain line because they think they'll fall into the hole Mm mm-hmm and, uh, you know, cows cows are like that, too. Chickens, I guess, how they said chickens have that when they're born, too. Like, it's not something you have to learn. Or to the fear of snakes is one of those things that we're all kind of born with. Yeah, it's so legitimate. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, there's kids who have these past lives that are born with uh, these weird phobias that people can't really explain. Like, you know, fear of knives if they got stabbed or fear of water if they drowned. Maybe fear of automobiles or, you know. Airplanes. Or airplanes, yeah. Um, dentist. The dentist. <laughs> I don't know how many people died from the dentist, but I guess it's possible. <laughs> well, that's another one of my phobias. It might be what know. happened to you. Like, you've come back. Maybe you were, uh, <coughs> had you a, were bad a little hot shop of horrors or something. <laughs> um. So there's like these instincts that we have, but, you know, people, scientists have thought for a while that they're genetically passed down somehow that your genes are encoded with these, these fears. So you're just born, you know, that over time we've evolved to have these fears to keep ourselves alive, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, But then when they're looking at these past lives stories, you kind of get some questions like, well, how could you have a phobia? How could the phobia be passed down genetically if the person died, you know, after they had kids? You know, if the if I got drowned underwater after I had my kids, I'm not passing that genetic material of yeah. or fear onto my kids, right? So, um there's that question like so they can't all be genetically passed down like all the different phobias right and then also like if you're um oh, where was I? I forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> if you well, you'd have know. to have some some evidence that that person who that person is is saying they're reincarnated from yeah but i'm saying like the scientists who say that's a load of garbage reincarnation's garbage like this is all genetic like that you're you just have these phobias from your genes because something happened to your ancestors kind of like i like to joke that i can't lose any weight because i was running from you know the king or whatever is going to kill all the peasants we had to keep all our calories or you know whatever so now my body doesn't want to let go of the calories you know like that kind of thing like you're 
born with this, but the people who are studying reincarnation are like, okay, cool, but what about when this thing, this traumatic thing that happened happens after the kid your kids are born so you can't be passing that genetically on and then also it can't always be genetic because sometimes you're reincarnated or most of the time you're reincarnated to another family that you're not genetically related to at all yeah so like those that kind of takes away that argument that it's just a genetic fear that you've got from your ancestors why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> I'm just a little lost. That's all. Oh, <laughs> oh I hope With our what listeners your point aren't. Is. <laughs> what my point is? Yeah. I mean that it can't be. Well, I'm just trying to down, say, but... like the science. Certain scientists will say that this theory of reincarnation can be discounted based on these phobias because, you know, you can't use that as evidence basically to say they're reincarnated because the phobias are passed down from your genes yeah but then these the reincarnation people that believe it's possible or whatever studying it are saying that doesn't work though in this situation because how can they have it passed down genetically when they're not even genetically related who they're reincarnated from didn't have kids right like not everybody had kids or if you're if your phobia is you're afraid somebody's gonna well I'd say kill you in the shower but that probably comes from psycho but if your phobia is you don't want to ride in a car because you're afraid you're gonna crash and it's gonna burn up um right and that's you're a never, little kid that's never happened in your family before yeah and so. you have no there's no connection right why would you have that phobia yeah, so that that's kind of what the researchers are saying. Like, it doesn't, like, you can't discount it because of that. So um, the genetic ones, like the snakes, I've never been bitten by a snake, but I'm a Well, that's what snakes. I'm like, there could be a genetic component to that, too. Like, yeah, we don't physical know. body we just don't know. has memories that are, yeah. They, you know, that that's definitely. Well, of course, I'd say that goes back to. Adam and Eve, probably. The fear yeah, of the snake. Yeah, the snake. But also, snakes are, they can kill just, you. I just don't like the fact that they go so fast. <laughs> right, and I think, too, like, when I think of it in that those terms, I'm kind of afraid of mice because they move fast. It's not really the mouse I'm afraid. Like, I don't think the mouse is going to hurt me. Yeah. But when you see something in your side vision or whatever peripheral vision like going moving fast like it it does put a little fear into you or it gets your attention for sure right so I don't know and but that's like to me it seems like there must be a genetic component to that in some way too yeah or you know first to keep or, your species alive something I don't know. Yeah. There's just See, a lot just, involved. Get, it's confusing, right? Like you get it's you kind go of around like, in a circle. It's like with a all snake it. eating itself. <laughs> um, okay, so I just got a couple stories about the phobias. Um, one of them, might, this might be the one that you were talking about a little bit earlier, where the girl uh, struggled to be bathed so much it took three adults to hold her down. Um, she. Um, she could speak, before she could speak, she had manifested a marked 
phobia of buses and cried when transported transported in one. And she later described herself as a young girl from another village who had been walking on a narrow road and um oh a narrow road that crossed um paddy fields that they would flood with water and um there was a bus coming along and when she stepped back to avoid it she fell into the the water and drowned and so she had a fear of the buses and the water that nobody could explain been horrible yeah just drowning sounds horrible anyway yeah um and there was another one i have here for from a boy um that had a phobia of policeman and when he was just beginning to speak at the age of one and a half he would um say police as soon as he saw one or a police car or anything and he would run inside of his house and when he turned about four, he started giving details of his previous life, which corresponded closely to the events in Sierra, Sierra Lanka in April 1971, when the police and army suppressed a serious insurgency during which they killed hundreds of the insurgents. So his parents believed that he was one of the insurgents and had been killed because he was so afraid of the police Yeah, at such a young age. Usually at that age, kids think the police are cool. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of interesting. I think that's about all I have, and we're slowly running out of time. I wanted to keep this a little, trying to keep our episodes a little shorter, but we just can't seem to help ourselves. Yeah, well, it's an interesting interesting subject. Like I said, I think maybe we should touch down on this again in the yeah, future sometime. Yeah, sometime in the future. I think, too, like, if we do an, uh, an episode eventually on end-of-life things that happen at your, the end of your life and the in the near-death experiences and stuff, too. We'll probably be circling back to this a little bit because they're all tied together. Yeah. Well, in the near-death, because I saw one on that, and I thought that's probably part of the problem. I didn't get enough <laughs> yeah. um, information collecting here is that I kept getting sidetracked because that was one of them with the near-death um, experiences and people talking about what happened and how long they were dead clinically dead yeah that stuff was fascinating to me and also the um when people are at the end of their life and they see loved ones and they're talking to them and they you know there's all these experiences there that are really interesting to me too yeah those are the ones they say well people do it just because their brain's trying to protect them or something i forget what they say but well that's what's interesting too because the the researchers at uh, UVA are like well if you're saying that the brain is misfiring and that's why this is happening okay but then you have the near-death experience where their brain has totally ceased to function there's no miss there's no firing there's at no all brain weight yeah nothing and yeah. then but they're still seeing able to recall things that happened in in the room you know where they died or whatever so when they come back they re- they can tell people things that they shouldn't know yeah and so it's like well their brain is not working <laughs> at that you know at all so that can't be it didn't you have an interesting story on that one? Oh yeah did the... you say that last week or were you just telling no, me about it no I think it? I just told you about it there was um, someone that died on the operating table I guess and they they're, you know, everything stopped and they started floating above their body. You've probably heard stories about that where they can and they can see everything. 
And um, so this researcher goes and talks to those people. The person was brought back to life, resuscitated, whatever, and went on to live. And the researcher went to talk to him, and they said, well, he said, well, tell me, you know, what you saw and everything. And one of the things was she said, I don't know, this doesn't make any sense. I think it was a she. But the surgeon was doing the turkey dance. Chicken. <laughs> the chicken dance, chicken sorry. Dance, yeah, yeah, the chicken dance, which is like where you put your hands kind of up in your armpits and you waggle your wings, you know, doing the chicken yeah. dance, right? And um, the researcher thought, well, that's kind of odd, you know, and unusual. <laughs> so the next time he ran into the surgeon, he asked about it. He said, yeah, the, you know, this woman said she could see you doing the t- chicken dance. And the surgeon thought about it for a minute, and he's like, oh, that kind of makes sense because he said when I trained to be a surgeon, I learned, you know, you have to keep your hands sterile. So in order to do that, I always keep my hands on my chest. And then when I'm standing there with my staff or whatever, he's got student, he had some students he was teaching and different things and the nurses or whatever. He's, he said, I direct him with my elbow. So I say, you got to cut a little more over there. And he wiggles this elbow. And then he's like, you need that tool over there. And he wiggles this elbow. And then it's like the chicken dance because <laughs> his arms are going back and forth like the chicken. And, um, so that was one of the things that the researcher recorded that the person saw after they were clinically dead. Yeah. yeah, well, that one is a very interesting story. <laughs> it's really funny and like strange, and also too like, you know, you don't you don't always know what you're seeing. <laughs> like, or can you explain? Yeah, yeah. just look. She's like, I look like he was doing the chicken dance, you know. And then if anybody hears that, they'd be like, well, that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, you know, that's silly, you know. That's but your brain misfiring. <laughs> that's your brain misfiring, right? But it wasn't so. Kind of interesting, but that's just like a little side note. Yeah, but it's another topic. Maybe, yeah. you know, down the road we'll do one on that. That yeah. would be very interesting. Yeah, I'm really into this stuff, so for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I guess yeah. we better uh, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Did you need any more of these, like, places I went to research, um, or do we? If you want to send me some, I can link them in the notes in okay. case other people want to go and check them out. I'll probably put the links to the shows if I can and the some of the I'll probably link them to the UVA yeah. website because that's where I got all my research too and then they can just go and look at it but oh yeah, yeah. I got most of mine from YouTube <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah not all of it but some of it yeah I got from there but well I have it you know my degrees are in psychology so I had to do a lot of research papers so that's my brain goes straight to that like oh what do they have here yeah <laughs> mine goes what's easier <laughs> well it's probably more fun I did watch a lot of YouTube stuff too though yeah. with the different panel discussions because I love hearing people's questions because they ask stuff that I don't think of you know and then you're like oh yeah I want to know about that yeah I saw one down the line but I didn't get that far but I I, I don't know how to type things in to get what I want oh, the search results. I'm learning but I'm not quite yeah. there yet well, this this new job podcasting is going to teach you a lot yeah it yeah. is I'm getting better at it so yeah anyway well thanks so, for listening and uh, yeah let me just let everybody know like if you like this podcast could you please um share it with one of your friends and just see if they'll enjoy it too and if you get a chance give us a rating on apple music or wherever you listen to this podcast, it really helps us a lot. 
Yeah, it helps to know if someone's listening out there. Yeah, and you can find yeah. us on uh, Gardy Lou Pod on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or at Gardy Lou Pod at gmail dot com. Yeah. So, so that's about that. Anyway, Good. yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Gardy Lou. Okay. Is that good? Am I talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Am I recording? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you needed me to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>